0: You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM.
1: Morning, show, at East Coast. Great to welcome back to the programme our vet, Pete Weatherburn. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, Pete. Oh, he's, he's hiding. He's in the kennels. Come out of that kennel. Woof, right. woof, woof. woof there you are good morning Declan how are you Okay. did you forget how to talk to me or what yeah that was it anyway how are you very good very good yeah keeping busy Good, good. Um, uh, you know, it's been a, a strange time over the last few months uh, for veterinary people, pet lovers, etc. Mm. You know, do, you know. a question that occurred to me was, do pets actually know there's something different? Is it, you know, if people are working from home and all that, what's the perception of a pet? Well, I'm
0: quite sure they do um, know that it's very, very different, mostly because this that their owners are around so much more. I mean, dogs and cats are very much creatures of habit and they, they get used to things being the way things are. And generally, our, our lives follow a fairly stable routine, don't they? From from day to day and week to week. Um, you know, five days a week, people are generally at work and two days, they're off at the weekends. And animals get used to that. Now, for the last three months or four months, it's been like suddenly... Every day is like a weekend from the point of view of people around all the time. Um, and so that does have a big impact on animals. And it means um, it's a stress for them. And most animals have adapted really well. In fact, they like it because they, most animals actually enjoy having people around more than, than, than being left on their own. So it's been a really good time for them generally. Um, but the downside of it is that as things return to normal and people start to be away from home more again um these the animals have got have got used to the constant company, and so now they've got to get used to being on their own again so again there's a bit of a stress while they while they adapt to that um but I think animals will do very well with this generally that they, they they are flexible adaptable creatures, thank goodness.
1: Yeah, and I mean, have you come across any disturbed animals in a way, especially if people have got to go to work or go off to do something else? You know, the separation anxiety and behavioral problems and uh, pet owners have have brought these, particularly dogs, to you and said, there's something going on with this pet.
0: Uh, um, I, I think we haven't seen as much of that as you might expect, but perhaps that's something that lies down the road a little bit. Uh, separation anxiety is probably the most common behavioral problem that people have with their pets. Um, and and, and uh, it can be quite difficult um, to, 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 to treat sometimes. Um, generally, what happens is animals just, they're so used to having company that if they're not by themselves, they, they begin to panic. And then they, in their panic, they start to bark and they start, they start to um, scrape at doors and chew things to distract themselves. And, uh, and they can become hysterically upset. Um, and so it's one of those things that's far better to prevent rather than to treat when it happens. And how you prevent it is from an early age you get animals used to being on their own so that they, they they don't have continual company all the time so if you're if you are off work all the time let's say and at home all the time you should deliberately choose to let your pet be by themselves for periods so leave them in a the room by themselves for for half an hour or something and come back in again and reassure them and that way they will get used to being on their own sometimes and that's
1: that's that's the ideal yeah so what other issues have arisen during this time as regards pets and the change for us as humans in the world I think the biggest change has been that a lot of people have seen this as an opportunity
0: to get a dog you see one of the biggest factors that deter people from getting dogs is the fact that they're out of the home so much and you know if you're working eight, ten hours a day you can't You can't get a dog. But now people are working from home, they're kind of being saying to themselves, well, I could have a dog. Look, the dog could sit over there while I'm doing this at-home work, and, you know, this could be good. And so there's been a huge surge in demand, um, especially for puppies, and that's caused a few very significant problems. In particular, it's caused... um, a surge in prices, what people have called puppy inflation, Um, and um, whereas normally a a good quality pedigree dog might cost four or five hundred quid, people have been charging up to two thousand euros for a puppy, which is insane, Um, but it's simple, Um, the the law of, of supply and demand has meant this has happened, and even crossbred dogs, which people used to just, give away because there weren't enough homes for them. Uh, sorry, yeah, give away because they just had to get a home. Um, these days, even those are changing hands for, t- for two or three hundred quid. And something that we've wanted to happen for many, many years has actually happened, which is that dog rescues are running out of dogs. So, you know, th- suddenly there's not enough dogs in the country. And, and so... Puppy inflation is the first thing that's happened, and the second thing that's happened, unfortunately, is dog theft. And there's one particular incident that was very upsetting was that, um, I mean, obviously the animals that are most valuable would be puppies. I think, you know, adult dogs aren't likely to command a high price on the market. So generally, you know, although there's an increased risk just now of dogs being stolen, any dog being stolen, and you should make sure you don't do things like leave your dog tied up outside the shop and so on, and, you know, make sure your dog is kind of under your supervision all the time in case somebody does try to steal them. But the really
1: valuable pups for thieves are puppies. And there was a story last week that... Um, oh, sure, didn't we cover it on the programme? Did and you? Seven puppies. Did but the most disturbing part of that, I thought, and it was reprehensible to steal the seven puppies, but that the the adult dog, the presumably the, the mother dog, mm. um had the microchip actually you know just reefed out of the neck of this dog i mean yeah i can't even imagine anybody doing that
0: it's it's really it's incredible and i've never actually heard of that happening very very difficult to do as well apart from being extremely cruel um you know microchips are, are are implanted permanently they're not designed to come out so they they bond to the tissue under the skin where they're injected and they're you know that they're, they're meant to stay there and it's very very difficult to remove even even under general anesthesia so how on earth somebody would do that to a conscious dog is just unimaginable um I, I think I think people should be reassured though that that is exceptionally rare and in fact the microchip is the key to this whole problem, because what microchips do, in this country, it's actually illegal for a dog to change hands without it being microchipped, and although it's against the law for that to happen, in a recent survey, one in three of the dogs that changed hands, like puppies that were bought, one in three was not microchipped, so that means that, you know, one in three people who are buying puppies are are buying them illegally. Um, and, there, you know, um, the problem with an unchipped dog, an unmicrochipped dog, is you don't know who the breeder was, you don't know where the dogs come from. And so if there are any issues afterwards, well, it's too bad, because you've just, you've been sold, you've been sold a pup, isn't that the expression? You've been sold a pup by somebody who um, who, who you've no idea, with. you met them in a car park somewhere, and now now there's no accountability at all. So one of the main things that people should do when, when getting a puppy, uh, I mean, there's lots of really good advice people should take before actually just getting a dog but one of the the absolute essential things is to make sure that the puppy is microchipped ideally the breeder should have a scanner and they should be able to demonstrate to you look when I scan this dog this number comes up this microchip number is your puppy and you know that way everything is above board and that's what the law says should happen and um, the problem is that as long as people as long as people don't demand that then um, you know uh, sellers will sell them without them being microchips. So, everybody listening, if you ever think of getting a puppy or an adult dog, make sure that it's microchips.
1: All right. Otherwise, uh, things good, peace?
0: Things are fine, yeah. I mean, vet clinics are busier than ever, I think, because, mm-hmm. so, partly because so many more people are getting dogs at the moment. I mean, dogs are a great company, and I'd really encourage folk to get dogs. But if you want a dog, don't rush into it. Take your time. Um, a lot of people just decide, I'm going to get a dog, and they almost get one the same day. You should be saying, I'm going to get the right dog, and you should plan to do that over the next six months. Because it's like it's almost like choosing a a, a marriage partner. It's a lifetime thing. It's, uh, okay, a dog lifetime, but still, that's 10 to 15 years. It's a big bit of your life. It's really, really important you get the right animal from the right source. So don't rush into it. Take your time. And there's a, web, a really good website, which is IPAG, which is I-P-A-A-G, .ie, the Irish Pet Animal Advertising Group, .ie, and that's got guides to how to make sure you don't make a mistake when you're getting a puppy. Mm. So yes. well worthwhile going to ipag.ie.
1: OK. Oh, text just in. My pup has a limp on the right back leg for last week. Runs around all right, but pulls uh, leg up sometimes. Um, what should I do? Something caught there in the leg or whatever? Well, the first thing I do is just check the dog's foot because something like a thorn in the foot could
0: actually cause that kind of problem. And that's a very, very simple fix. But there's a long, long list of other causes of lamenesses that would include, um, you know, abnormal joints or damaged joints and all that sort of thing. So if your dog keeps doing that and there's nothing in her foot, then it really is a job for the vets. to check that out for you.
1: Very good, okay, just to see the poor old puppy going around and obviously feel some pain, so that's the thing. yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right, good to talk to you, Pete, all all good and brave vet and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, everything, vets, we're
0: working now with COVID restrictions in place, which means that people generally stay in 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 their cars in the car park and we ask them in one at a time and owners stay in the waiting room, we've got a big waiting room there, so we have no more than five people in the waiting room, which means that nobody's ever more than two metres um, close to anybody else. And owners stay in the waiting room while vets take the, the animals into the consulting room because, unfortunately, consulting rooms generally are a bit too small for, for for the risk of COVID. So, we, you know, it's difficult to have two people, two strangers close to each other, as we used to have, you know, um, sharing the same airspace. So that's the way we're doing it just now. And, and and vets across the country are adapting what they do to make sure that people are really, really safe. And and you know, that's that's the thing. We don't, we, we can't have situations where people are exposed to an increased risk of the virus. And um, luckily, it's possible in the job as a job in the job of a vet. It's possible to 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 do really effective work without exposing people to that risk. And so we're, we're thankful for that.
1: Very good. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Pete Weatherburn from Brave Vet. Good to talk to you as always, thank Pete. Thank you, definitely. Thank you very thank much. You. nice to talk to you again after this time. Great stuff. Thank you very much.